now is the perfect time if you haven't already start to think about prescribing higher value alternatives, lower cost and, and generic medications with this new normal that patients are experiencing. If you think about the number of furloughs and layoffs that I'm sure those listening have heard of, you've got patients who maybe before all of this happened could afford the high cost medication that they were prescribed. And it wasn't a barrier to adherence to get that medication filled and to take that every month. But now with these furloughs, these layoffs, and people having reduced incomes um, really have to make the decision around whether or not it makes sense to pay for this high-cost drug or maybe to go to the grocery store that day. Welcome to the ACO Show. For this show, we welcome Megan Slaga back to the podcast. Megan is Allidade's Director of Pharmacy, and she joins Joe to talk about the impact of COVID-19 from the pharmacy perspective. You'll hear how Allidade is supporting our partner practices to proactively address barriers to medication adherence and guidance on how to manage medications for chronic conditions during the pandemic. You'll also hear her explain how we can leverage telehealth visits and pharmacy claims data to better understand what is going on inside the patient's medicine cabinet and which patients might need additional attention. Welcome to the ACO Show. I'm Joe Schunkweiler, and I lead adoption and training here at Allidade. And we have with us today a return guest, Megan Slaga, the Director of Pharmacy at Allidade. Thanks for joining us, Megan. Thank you for having me. So we are taping this in the middle of a global pandemic, the coronavirus or COVID-19 outbreak, and it's had widespread implications for every layer of the healthcare system, not just in the U.S., but globally. And ICUs, hospitals, everybody is feeling the impact of this outbreak. And obviously at Allidade, we work closely with independent primary care practices, and they're also being impacted significantly by this. And I'm curious, from the pharmacy perspective, what are you hearing from our partner practices in regards to patients being able to get their prescriptions, um, the prescription flow within a practice? What is that process looking like right now? Today, with things being a little bit different, um, getting access to medications can be a little bit trickier for patients than it was in the past. And that's for a few reasons. Um, and I think thinking about just how overwhelmed the the healthcare system is today is, is a big reason behind that. And that includes your primary care doctor and, and their practice and making sure that they have the time and the availability to ensure that you can get the prescriptions that you need and can be followed up in the manner in which you need during this time is one area that we know that we need to spend some more time, but also may have limited staff to do so. The pharmacies are overwhelmed at certain times with having reduced staff, also having to care for patients and new prescription, potentially new prescription needs or, and those that are currently existing to keep patients healthy and at home. There's a lot that's going on currently where we, we need to be really proactive today about thinking about our medications and making sure that patients can get access to them and that they they themselves are being proactive and requesting what they need in terms of their prescriptions and their medication management to stay healthy and at home. So I know a lot of our practices are, are really worried about meeting those needs, or I assume they are. 
So what are some solutions that they can think of uh, for their patients or for, you know, for any of us that have prescriptions for chronic conditions or loved ones who have prescriptions uh, for chronic conditions? Thankfully, there are a handful of solutions that we can start to think about and implement and leverage during this time to help, you know, whether you're a provider listening to this and thinking about how can I help my patients to stay healthy at home, or if you're a provider with a loved one or a patient who's listening and wants to think about how I can better enhance my medication management while I'm staying healthy and at home. And some of those things include simple prescribing pattern changes. So looking at 90-day prescriptions instead of a 30-day prescription. So the benefits to this would be reduced trips to the pharmacy. So you're not going out of the house as much. You only have to go once every three months versus once a month. Um, It also helps to save you on costs. So we know that during COVID, there have been furloughs, there have been layoffs, and money can be tight at this time. And and paying for a medication is not always a potential solution. So a 90-day prescription can help to bring down that cost just a little bit as well, which can be a great benefit to a patient. So really trying to get those 90-day prescriptions for patients and making sure that they have enough refills on that prescription so that we reduce the hurdles and the barriers that the patient has to getting that refill when they need it in a timely manner. So for those patients who are well-controlled, or we know are going to be maintained on this medication and seem somewhat stable, trying to prescribe 90 day with three refills would be kind of the gold standard in those patients where it's clinically appropriate. Thinking about how patients are accessing their medications is also really important during this time. You don't have to necessarily walk into a pharmacy and increase your risk of exposure today. There are a lot of really great options that are available, including a simple drive-through option. You can use the drive-through pharmacy so you can limit your exposure that way or lean on a loved one to help maybe get those medications for you. There's also mail-order prescription, which can be a great option for some patients and, again, might be a what we call the preferred pharmacy with your insurer, that means you may get it at a reduced cost by going through the mail order pharmacy. And so that's another potential option with the caveat that during COVID, we've also seen that the mail order services or or mail in general have been reduced in some areas. So you want to be thinking proactively about getting that medication if you're thinking about using that mail order prescription service so that you can stay healthy and at home. So those are just a couple of the ways that patients can start to think about increasing their access and their exposure to their medications during this time. And from a provider perspective, another really great solution to make sure that prescription needs are met are are telehealth visits. So we know that telehealth is becoming a really crucial part of our day-to-day with making sure that we're seeing patients and we're accessing, you know, what's going on in, in their world in this new normal. And medication should be no exception. And it's a great opportunity to learn what's going on with the patient. I know there are some practices out there that are really good about these brown bag reviews, asking your patient to bring in their prescription bottle so that you can walk through and really see what they're taking every day, how much they have left. Uh, telehealth provides that same brown bag experience, but within the patient's home, which is incredible. So you can ask them to go to their medicine cabinet and pull the bottles that they have and and walk you through, you know, what do you take this medication for? Why are you taking this medication? Or how much do you have left? Let's make sure that you have enough access to what you need. Uh, And my favorite part of telehealth in, in this experience is also being able to ask a patient to show you how they are using their medication. So we know that frequently things like inhalers more injectable insulins are not always used appropriately. So it's a great opportunity to ask your patient to show me, show me how you use your inhaler and and to get a better glimpse into how they're taking their medications to ensure that they're getting 
the full scope of, of what they truly need. And the last thing that I would highlight just to think about would be any of your patients who are getting infusions. Home infusion is another really great opportunity to get a patient to stay home, um, especially for those who are at higher risk. So if, if it's an opportunity for a patient to do so, uh, now may be a good time to consider using home infusion services versus having the patient come to the office for infusions if that's clinically appropriate for that patient. Your point about the telehealth visits is really interesting. And I, it's something that I would never have anticipated, maybe from my own lack of creativity, but having the experience of being in, a, in an emergency room or seeing somebody in a urgent setting or acute setting, and then asking them what their medications are. And, and the best case would be they have sort of the, the folded list in their pocketbook that they carry around that you right. can, can then cross-reference with maybe a previous visit. And then this, as you said, this brown bag or the ability to pan towards the medicine cabinet, so to speak, uh, with the camera is, it's even better, you know, to actually see it um, and to actually see how they're using inhalers and things like that. It's a, a definite benefit to, to telehealth and something I didn't anticipate when we, when we first started making that transition in the last couple of months. Absolutely. So all patients obviously aren't going to be impacted the same way by the outbreak and their, their medications won't be impacted the same way, but what groups should we be thinking about for these kind of interventions? Like who are the folks that you don't want to miss in a practice? Yeah, I, I would really heavily be thinking about those patients with chronic conditions, especially those who are currently or, or have a history of being uncontrolled. Those would be the patients that I'd be thinking about first and foremost when it comes to medication management and, and making sure that all of their needs are met. So not only does it increase their risk, you know, in, in terms of their vulnerability for COVID, but it also, when we think about ED visits and hospitalizations, and again, the patient leaving the home, that's chronic conditions being uncontrolled in trying to get those under control is a great focus that, that I think is, is highest priority. So trying to find those patients who maybe are struggling with their diabetes management or their COPD management, um, and I think most providers who are probably listening know exactly who those patients are. Those would be the patients that I would just keep an extra close eye on and be outreaching to, to make sure that they, they have the medications that they need, that they know to request their refills early, that they, they understand the importance of continuing to take their medication, that they aren't going to stop in the midst of this pandemic, despite some of this new normal that's going on. Um, so those would be the patients that I would be most concerned with and just making sure that we, we wrap our arms around a little bit more tightly during this time. One thing that's interesting with this pandemic in the U.S. is that it's not hitting evenly. So, you know, uh, I don't want to date this podcast too much, but, you know, you're, we may be seeing uh, spikes in cases in the Southwest when in the Northeast it's starting to cool off or plateau. So are these reasonable interventions, in your opinion, to do even when you're not in the hot spot and when you, you know, hopefully may not you know, reflare if you're in a in a region that had it previously. But should this be the kind of thing you you be thinking about for the next couple months through the end of the year? Yeah, the the beauty of a lot of these simple interventions are that they can help long term. That these are things that can help a patient and their adherence and keeping them healthy and out of the emergency department or the hospital long term. And so I think these are great things to start to think about now. And I'm. I'm great that we're starting to highlight and think about these things even more during COVID, but are 
simple things that you can be doing moving forward in your practice or as a patient, you can be thinking about even after some of this starts to subside or you're in one of those, um, not in one of those hotspots that can really help to improve your adherence long-term and keep you healthy and well-controlled and staying at home and out of the hospital. One of my favorite quotes about business and the, the way you can think about what, what business, any business is trying to do is that business is about solving problems. So you're always trying to find problems to solve. I, I saw that in a, a really great book about the hospitality industry by Danny Meyer, uh, the person who started Shake Shack and a couple other restaurants in the, in the New York City area. But I think at Allidade, we actually do a, a really good job of living by that, that we're actively solving problems for our practices. And this is no exception, right? So this is something that you and your team and the, the development team are, are working on and have been working on in various forms, even preceding the outbreak of, of COVID-19. So what problems are we solving actively at Allidate and how are we solving those problems? We were pretty fortunate that Prior to COVID, we were really starting to ramp up our pharmacy solutions at Allidade to help support our providers even further. And one of those key focuses early in 2020 was around medication adherence, which again, looking back, um, such a blessing in disguise that we we really got a jumpstart on this before this all this all happened. And we have been continuing to enhance and look at ways to better our medication adherence solutions for our providers and our practices in light of COVID and to help even after some of this has subsided. And what that has looked like for us has been enhancing the way that we identify patients who may be struggling with adherence. And the way that we do that is using a mix of pharmacy claims data, as well as a, a new feature that we've implemented, which is looking at real-time fill data to really help us capture most accurately which patients may be struggling or showing patterns of non-adherence throughout a 12-month period. So our incredible developers on this team have been working for the last few months to integrate this data and to pull this together into a calculation, the industry standard for medication non-adherence identification, which is proportion of days covered or a PDC, that helps us to get a better glimpse into just how adherent or maybe non-adherent is this patient looking. And they've been really working incredibly well to ensure that we are pulling that information in and trying to reduce any of those false positives. So reducing those patients who maybe at one point in time, we thought that they had struggled with non-adherence, but through this new pharmacy fill data, through the pharmacy claims that we're pulling in, we can really look at and see that this patient is or is not struggling with the way that they're taking these medications. And we can target those patients who need our help and our support and our outreach the most. Um, so that's been a really big piece of what we've been working on the last couple of months. And I'm so proud of all of the work that our developers have been doing to ensure that we get this information out to our providers in a timely manner during this time. They've also been working really hard to highlight those patients who are eligible for that 90-day switching opportunity that I talked about. So any patients who are on a chronic disease state medication that is currently filling a 30-day prescription, uh, being able to quickly identify that and, and see that a 90-day prescription might be an, an eligible solution to help with adherence for that patient. Um, so we've included that within our solution as well as well as exploring late refill alerts or late to fill alerts or to pick up alerts. And so that might be, and is being considered for an enhancement in 2020 as well. So that 
if you prescribe a new medication to a patient, the provider could become aware if that patient has not yet picked up that prescription, which we know is a, a common struggle for patients, about 20 to 30% of prescriptions that are prescribed are never picked up. So this is a really interesting solution that we're looking into as well to ensure that providers can, again, at the end of the day, target those patients who need our support and in our intervention the most. I found it really interesting as I've learned much more about the pharmacy in the in the practice work that we've done at Allidade from you and your team, uh, primarily, uh, this relationship between fill data uh, and what we can infer about the way patients are taking or not taking their medications. Because, you know, most of my clinical experience was in a hospital setting. So a lot of that was if the patient didn't put the pill in their mouth, they didn't take it when the nurse or whomever brought it you know, to the, to the room. So adherence sort of took on a different mindset. Like, are you actively taking the medication? Is it in your body and in your bloodstream or, or however it's acting, but out in the community, we don't like, we can't see them take the pills. Right. So could you talk just for a second about the PDC and, and the philosophy behind it? Cause I think it's really interesting and something that I've had to remind myself again and again, as we've done this work, like we don't actually know whether they're taking it because there's no way to know that unless you followed the pill in their body, but we know whether they're filling it. We know that whether they're, as you said, late to fill it. So all these pings that we can get as a signal that there may be an issue with how they're taking medications. And that's a great point to bring up that while we are working to identify patients, and the reason I say potentially not adherent is, is because it's just that uh, we can see when they're picking up a prescription, but at the end of the day, what are they doing with the pills that they're picking up? Are they taking them? Are they sitting in a medicine cabinet? Are they, you know, disposing of them? You know, we're not sure. Um, and so I think that's a really crucial defining point to bring up there is that while we use proportion of days covered or PDC to help us and to give us the signal of potential non-adherence, at the end of the day, we can't be certain of what's actually happening. And the PDC itself, that proportion of days covered calculation is a little bit newer in in the industry. And, And the reason why is because it's a a bit more accurate than what we used to use. And the reason that it's a little bit more accurate these days is that We're looking at how often a patient is covered by the medication, not just how many tablets that they have on hand. So to give you kind of a high level example, if you have a patient who fills a 30 day prescription on January 1st of this year, and they go to pick up their next fill of their 30 day prescription, let's say on February 15th, that's a clear gap. They don't have medications on hand during a good 14, 15 days during that period. And that to us is a signal of non-adherence. With our previous calculation, we would just add up the days. If it looked like they had enough, they were stockpiling and had enough on hand, that patient could have end up having an adherence, which we refer to in terms of a percentage, over 100%, which is just not possible to do. So it really takes into account how often you are covered by the medication. It helps us to find those gaps in those days where you refilled late versus just saying, I've filled 90 tablets and I've been this period that we're looking at is 90 days. And so I'm hundred percent. We really want to try to more accurately with this PDC, find those gaps in those late fills to better predict which patients may be struggling with non-adherence. So that's the biggest the biggest difference today between the way that we used to calculate adherence and, and seeing those 
falsely elevated adherence percentages versus our industry standard today, which more accurately shows us how often they may be covered, but again, still doesn't get us to the root of whether or not they're taking the medication, which is um, a whole nother uh, issue in itself. You also referenced the cost issue and, you know, total cost of care and getting high value care at reasonable costs is a, a big part of our mission at Allidate and a big part of the mission of value-based care generally. So is there an opportunity uh, with this to, to lower costs? I know you also work on prescribing generics in practices when it's appropriate. Is, do you think this is an opportunity to have those conversations more generally and, and focus on the prescriptions that a, a patient may have for their chronic conditions in a way that both sets them up for success during the outbreak, but also may have longer term cost impacts. Now is the perfect time, if you haven't already, start to think about prescribing higher value alternatives, lower cost and, and generic medications with this new normal that patients are experiencing. If you think about the number of furloughs and layoffs that I'm sure those listening have heard of. You've got patients who maybe before all of this happened could afford the high cost medication that they were prescribed. And it wasn't a barrier to adherence to get that medication filled and to take that every month. But now with these furloughs, these layoffs and people having reduced incomes, um, they really have to make the decision around whether or not it makes sense to pay for this high cost drug or maybe to go to the grocery store that day. So it's a really important time to take a moment to ensure that the medications that we're prescribing are low cost and high value for our patients so that we can ensure that patients can afford to take these and they take them as prescribed and can remain compliant to them. Um, so I would highly recommend for anyone out there, especially if you're a prescriber listening, or even if you're a patient listening, thinking about generics, are you taking a brand that has a generic medication that's that's available? Is that something that you would be open to trying there just as safe, just as efficacious, FDA regulated as the parent brand product and, and are a great and suitable alternative for, for cost savings in that scenario? And if there's not a generic available, it's a great time to have a conversation with your provider about what options could be available. Is there another drug that might work just as well to help you in your chronic disease state that doesn't cost as much money that you could try instead, especially during this time? So I really lean on having those conversations, those patient provider conversations these days to ensure that patients can afford their medications and continue to do so even after COVID. I would try to stay away from savings cards and samples as much as possible. When needed, absolutely can be a solution. However, the savings cards in particular can build some brand loyalty for patients. And you might even be seeing this today. They're limited. And so as soon as those run out, while they may have only cost, the medication may have only cost $5 with this savings card, uh, once that card runs out, the benefits are no longer present you're back to paying the full cost of that medication and the patient now being kind of hooked on this medication or, you know, liking the way that it feels and it doesn't give them side effects and they're comfortable with it. And so then it's a harder transition to make once we've, we've built that brand loyalty and, and that patient has become familiar with that medication. So trying to avoid them in the first place is really the best case scenario when possible. However, of course, there are scenarios that will arise where that's going to be your best option as well. So it sounds like the takeaway here is 
think about this, have the conversations. If you're a prescriber, you know, don't wait until a patient is running out of their meds and use this as an opportunity to have these discussions. And, and as you were talking about furloughs and the financial impact, you know, patients are really focused on their pres prescriptions. This is a great way to, to build that connection that they may be missing during the time period where they're stuck at home, you know, particularly if they're in a high risk group for the infection. So don't avoid this. Don't forget it. Have these conversations. Is that right? Absolutely. And again, just be as proactive as possible during this time. Folks are overwhelmed, I think, across the board and making sure that we allow enough time. You know, if you're, again, a patient listening, give yourself enough time to make sure that your medication can get refilled. So if you're using a retail pharmacy, put in that request for your medication at least a week in advance. And that said, it, it likely won't be able to be refilled a week in advance, but that gives your pharmacist plenty of time to reach out to your provider if needed, to get a new prescription if needed, to work out things with your insurance company if either your coverage has changed or the cost of the drug has changed. Um, all of those things, maybe the pharmacy even has to order the medication. It gives them plenty of time to make sure that all of these pieces align perfectly for you. So on the day that your medication is due for a refill, it's ready to go and you don't risk going a few days without your medication. And that said, as a provider listening, make sure that you're reminding patients of that, not to wait until the last minute to put in that refill request or not to wait till the last minute to call urgently asking for a new prescription. Being proactive is really going to be key during this time. And in the case that you do get into a bind, Fortunately, most states at this time, as well as insurance companies, are still offering early refills as well as emergency supplies. So if you do end up in a scenario where you couldn't get that refill request in or you forgot or you weren't sure or something happened, it's very likely that you'll be able to get an override, a one-time override to ensure that you get covered by that medication. But better to be proactive, try to get everything worked out beforehand to ensure that you just don't miss any days of your really important and crucial medication. Megan, we've talked a lot about how this should be a part of your ongoing practice if you're a prescriber and how you should think about it if you're somebody who utilizes prescription medications for a chronic condition. But for the providers, what is the one thing you want them to remember to incorporate this into every patient visit and make it part of your day-to-day -day workflow in the office? It would be to remember patient access and adherence to medications. And we talked a lot about access, those 90-day prescriptions, using you know mail order or the drive-through or asking for help. But in, in terms of adherence, you know, while some of those things can help as well, talk to your patients. The patient-provider relationship is crucial during this time and always when it comes to medication adherence. And so something as simple as every patient that comes into your practice, getting in the habit of asking them, how often do you miss a dose of your medications? Or how often do you remember to take your medications? That simple open-ended question, asking every patient that walks through your door, every patient you have a telehealth visit with, you will learn a lot from that simple question from your patients and allow you the opportunity then to dig deeper with them to figure out what are their true barriers to adherence and what can I do to help support them during this time in overcoming that barrier. So would really, as a action item, a key takeaway, I hope that folks will think about incorporating a piece of that into their daily workflow so that they can help every patient out there who, who may be struggling with adherence. Well, that sounds like great advice. Thanks. Uh, thanks for joining us. Megan Slaga, Director of Pharmacy at Allidade. Great. Thank you for having me.
The ACO Show is produced by Brittany Barnes, Hannah Posner, and our intern, Maddie Bender. You can listen to previous episodes on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.